0: good afternoon greetings Uh, it's one o'clock in the afternoon today I just got here about five minutes ago ten minutes ago late start so I'll finish at four o'clock so I'll put three hours out here and uh, it's just the way it is physically unable last week I put a 17-hour day and a 20-hour day and Colorado Springs, you know a lot of times when I travel a Distance all in one day. I put you know 15 to 20 hours of work in a day Uh, It doesn't catch up to me until the following morning or that night following morning. So uh, Saturday it was uh, I I couldn't even get going until probably about uh, you know noon something like that and uh, and I moved really slow in the Lord, but uh, I didn't uh, start the Sunday prayer letter. I wrote the Sunday prayer letter last night, and I didn't start it till probably 5 or 6 o'clock p.m., and I didn't finish work and didn't get to bed until 4 o'clock this morning. But I got everything done that I wanted to get done in the Lord. And God bless you, man. And... Understanding that I don't have a crew around me, so I'm not accountable to a crew of people, and if there was a crew of people, my hope would be they would just come out and begin preaching and ministering, and whenever I get there is whenever I get there. But I do operate in a schedule, and I did put it on my calendar that uh, probably shorter hours today, and... uh, and understanding that I'm not just doing this once or twice a week, uh, whenever it feels like it. I do this six days a week if I'm physically able. And I'm not just doing it for a little while, I'm doing it for a 10 year season six days a week. So uh, I have to kind of pace myself out. A lot of people are much, much younger than I am. Uh, Next month I have my 70th birthday. And so this whole year I've been trying to get myself to think in terms of being 70. Uh, it was born in 53 so this is 2023 that's 70 years and uh, 70 is a lot different than 20 <laughs> which is a lot different than 40 or 50 and really it's a lot different than 60 just the way it is our body ages and we have to kind of if you want to just run your body into the ground uh, you could do that I guess uh, but I don't want to do that I want to Go as far and as long as I can serving the Lord so I have to kind of pace myself as I go along and that's what I'm doing that's why I came out at 1 o'clock but I'm just pacing myself through my morning and uh, my morning it's important to me not maybe not important to someone else but important to me is to first give God the first part of my day first part of my day is for God and I seek first the kingdom of God the first part of the day and so sometimes if I wake up late, or not get up, wake up late, I woke up early, I've only had four hours of sleep. I uh, went to bed at 4, 4.30, it's up at 8, 8.15. And, uh, but I give the first part of the day uh, to the Lord. Uh, it's just what I do. It's not what you have to do, it's just what I do. And uh, I have to be faithful to, to God the way He shows me how to live in the Word of God. That's why I tell people, you know, you don't need to copy me. You can take a look at what I'm doing and see if there's something that God wants to add into your life or whatever. Or you can pray for us, pray for me and the ministry, things like that. But uh, anyways, uh, let's pray. (laughs) Lord, I thank you that I can come out even now at 1 o'clock and uh, be able to... I can't lift a banner because it's way too windy, but uh, I can lift the Word of God, which is my banner today. And I have a shirt, I have a hat, and uh, people will be able to hear my voice. And will uh, be able to see me here in the light of God shining for all those who need to see the light of God and I just say thank you Lord for allowing me to this wonderful privilege to be out here on the street as a witness for Jesus Christ we thank you Lord in your holy name Jesus we pray amen and amen all right so Sunday prayer letter this is uh, October 1st happy October September's done October is a busy month for me like every month is, so October is the month that I go to. Uh, it's the beginning of the fourth fourth quarter of the year. October November, beginning of the first quarter, and so I go to the to the southern end of the cross that lays inside of Colorado, and that'll be in Trinidad, Colorado, that last week from Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in Trinidad, Colorado, and so this is my fourth trip. So I will com- that'll complete four complete loops. Around my state and then in January I start my fifth loop and that's ten years of going around on the state lines and so that's All ready to go got my Greyhound bus ticket and uh, My place I'm gonna stay Airbnb down there where I've been staying for the last well four times this time and it's an easy walk to my location as I'm right in the old part of town It's pretty good. So I'm excited about that, but uh, that'll be of this month so uh, this is our sunday prayer letter for this week this is october 1st 2023 and this letter is titled have you received the holy ghost have you received the holy ghost ye the i want to talk about that just for a second In the king james it lets people know in international languages uh except for american language american language is really different it's not like anything else most of the world operates by metric, but we, we operate by a whole different, uh, we're our, our own system. You know, we, a lot of pride in America. Uh, and uh, we tried to go to the metric system, but America said, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to be our own, uh, but uh, that's fine. So in, in languages around the world, when you're speaking, uh, people know, are you talking to one single person? Which is possible. lot of us or are you talking to a group of people a bunch of people well most languages you know who they're talking to and that's what uh, the King James English is is international English it lets you know that ye is plural it's not old English it's English that lets you know that we're speaking to many people because if you use the English terminology, it would be you. Now, are you talking about not me, but maybe you over there? You know, is it you could be one or it could be a thousand, right? So you don't know if they're talking to one person or many persons, but here in international English, we know that it's plural, many, all of you. And that's what ye, all of you, even you who who is watching right now, have ye, have you received the Holy Ghost? Have you received the Holy Ghost? Have you received the Holy Ghost? When I ask Christians that, they say, oh yeah, I'm born again. That's what they tell me. Oh, I'm saved. Or I know Jesus, or something like that. But very rarely, except for those who are actually baptized with the Holy Ghost, will say, yes, I've received the Holy Ghost. Because if you've received the Holy Ghost, then you know exactly what this verse and this uh, section of Scripture is all about. But if you have it, you don't know. All you know is what your pastor has taught you or what you have read and uh, what you think it says. And uh, that's why people reject much of God. They pick and choose how much of God they want in their life. Fine, whatever you wanna do, doesn't matter to me. I just wanna preach all the counsel of the Lord, all the counsel of God, not just pick and choose, amen? So this title, Have You Received the Holy Ghost, is found in Acts 19, verse 2. So this whole week, we're in chapter 19 of the book of Acts. We're going through uh, all 28 chapters. And uh, this is in the theme called Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, Worship. And our set- letter has seven parts. So part one is Sunday, that's today, Acts 19, 1 through 7. And uh, praise Jesus. Four hours of sleep, I feel pretty good actually. <laughs> 70 years old, four hours of sleep. Last night, when I I knew that the Lord was gonna have me stay up all night because he wanted me to make sure I finished everything. And there was quite a bit to do. And uh, I said, well, I guess I have the night shift tonight. <laughs> you know, trucking, I guess. We're going trucking, we got the night shift. So I took a shower and I prepared and made myself a cup of coffee. And had two. I think I had two cups actually. And uh, uh, I went to work. Uh, in the evening and I worked until I was finished and it was 4 o'clock uh, but you know and I don't went to bed you know. but I finished my work I was excited about that that's kind of like trucking. a lot of times I would load all day and I trucked till three or four in the morning and that's what happened last night It was like no big deal you know a lot of people can't handle that but uh, that's the way it is and you get up early in the morning you keep on working that's what I did this morning just get up and keep on moving But people say, oh, I need my eight, I need my eight. I need my lunch, I need my breakfast, I need my dinner, I need my snacks, I need my coffee. I haven't got time for God. I haven't got time to preach, I haven't got time to minister. I haven't got time to pray, I haven't got time to read the Bible, that's what I hear so often. So they live that type of lifestyle because they're lacking in the bread of life. They're lacking the bread of life. They're malnutritioned. Doesn't mean they don't love Jesus. But what kind of lifestyle is that? When you're not feeding your bo- your spirit. You're not feeding your spirit, things go wrong. Okay. Here's Al. I'm going to give him something here. Al, I was not here last week. I'm still here at my video. Thank you. I'm just going to put in three hours. And, uh, I just got rest few hours. I only got four hours to leave last week. Colorado Springs was a 20-hour day, and uh, Wednesday was a 17-hour day. So I put about 80 hours in the ministry last week, and I just caught up to me all day Saturday. But, wow, yeah, I'm working hard, man. I'm really putting my, you know, putting a lot in. Perfect. Yeah, because I'm doing a class. Yeah, I start working now at 6 uh, o'clock in the morning, 6.15 in the morning. I don't get off till about 8 or 9 o'clock at night. And I'm doing that five days a week, and then on half a day on Saturday, and then i work all day on Sunday. So really turning up the night uh, on the work. And uh, that's okay. It's paying off. Yeah, because yeah, Wednesday was fantastic. We got lots of new people, and uh, we have praise uh, and worship that came in on Wednesday, our church. So, uh, yeah, things are happening in a wonderful way. You're good. Where's it was like something to Yeah, so praise God. So that's Al. Al sees me every Sunday. I minister to him every single Sunday. Have been for two and a half years, three years, two and a half years. I, I lost track of the time. It seemed like he's been coming out every Sunday. I've been coming at here but uh, he started coming when I was over there, so I had to be in about, uh, so I've been doing this for four years, May, June, July, August, September, October, four years and five months. So I'm gonna say probably three and a half plus years every Sunday. So uh, of all the people that know I'm here, he is a sinner, hates God so far, and uh, loves me, takes care of me, I mean, he likes me, and uh, I'm about the only guy he talks to. And uh, he has no Christian friends, no Christian family members, uh, does no one. And all he knows is what I've taught him over all this time. And I've made him promise to receive Christ before he dies. And he has promised several times. So he has promised that he will call out to Jesus Christ. And now that might sound kind of weird to people, but uh, uh, what I let me just say this. So what I do is some people who refuse God and who hang around me a little bit and uh, we have a connection. You know, there has to be that connection, otherwise you can't say what I'm going to say now, because it won't mean anything to them. But once you have that connection with somebody, and that's what I'm doing here, um, uh, and I'll talk about something else just a second. So, uh, I make people promise me, I mean, I make them sincerely promise me, almost like a vow to me, that those last few moments before you pass away, because just about everyone knows the a few seconds before you die. A few seconds, a few moments, a minute before you die. You know that's it. You're leaving. No question about it. Just about everybody I've known who has passed away has known that. Those last few seconds or a minute, not very much. And uh, i made them promise on those last few seconds uh, that you say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Amen? And that's what I make them do. I've had them promise twice, and I had them practice it. Jesus saved me. It's a deathbed testimony. And uh, I've had many, many people over my lifetime of ministry make that promise to me. That's how I do it, because they won't receive it now. and they're you know. But if they promise, uh, I hold them to it, as long as they come around me. Anyways, it's just something to think about. uh, a lot of people receive Jesus when they're off by themselves. They're not in front of you or in a church. They're always sometimes by themselves. So uh, and uh, I want to add one more thing to this and that is, uh, you know, I'm a street preacher and a founding pastor of Gospel Evangelist Church and so when people look at me, they look at me on the the channel here in the videos as a street preacher and they compare me with all the other street preachers that they're aware of but understand that I'm not the typical street preacher what I am doing I'm street preaching as a pastor not as an evangelist not I I am building relationships I am building community I'm building a family And therefore, uh, as a pastor, one of our jobs as a pastor is to to edify, exhort and comfort and uh, train up the saints of God in holiness and in in serving God and to, to go to work in the ministry of reconciliation. Not for us and the church, but for their account so that they're building up gold, silver and precious stones in their deeds serving God instead of wood, hay and stubble. Because we'll be tested by fire and as a pastor we want our people to have a full account and to receive a good reward from their Lord not to just die and to be just everything burned up around them and just escape have escape the earth in the flames uh, with just your soul with nothing else uh, you don't want to be that of. so that's what I do as a pastor Uh, Being trained as a pastor by the Holy Spirit, I wasn't trained as a pastor in Bible school. I was trained to be more of an evangelist and a prophet, those type of offices. That's where I work in predominantly. But in the last many years, the Lord's been kind of shaping me to be that uh, type of pastor. And it's very difficult for me. I'm not the typical everyday run-of-the-mill pastor either. And I know that immediately when I get a real, a real called pastor because we're like, Two different worlds but that's know uh, that's why uh, the lord's using me on the street because the bulk of pastors couldn't do what i'm doing uh, they wouldn't know the first thing of what i'm doing they would have to just really change their whole life like that thing but i started on the street and i'm still on the street i'm just now in the street work building a church and uh I know a lot of people don't understand that part about building a church, but that's how... Uh, that's just um, <laughs> what we're doing. Believe it or not, doesn't matter to me. I answer to God, not to man. So, uh, so therefore, I minister differently. I preach differently. Uh, my focus is different. It just, and just, you know, you, you hear because I woke up this morning, and for the first eight, nine, 10, 11, probably the first two and a half hours, I laid in bed and I listened to a lot of street preachers that I listened to. And I was thinking about what they were preaching on. And I really, I love it because it kind of gets me going sometimes in the morning. And Sometimes I do it at night and I shouldn't do it at night because I can't go to sleep. So I, I like it in the morning. And because it just kind of gets me going. I don't like church pastors anymore, church preachers. They put me to sleep as far as I'm concerned. I don't like, I, in fact, I don't like any of them. Any, the ones I did like. Pretty much are all dead except for one and i get tired of him i'm not going to mention his name because he only preaches in church and that's all he does he doesn't go outside the church and so you can tell it in his actions in his mannerisms delivery but uh so just about all the other preachers that i listened to uh probably the most famous church pastor who was a street preacher was uh uh the guy who won Nicky Cruz over in New York, what's uh, the gang member? Nicky Cruz, he he was a gang member in New York City. And uh, oh, I forget the pastor's name. He's been dead for several years now. But uh, if you know who I'm talking about, then that's uh, kind of the type of pastor I am. But uh, that's why I preach differently. That's why a lot of people who do searches for street preachers, they come across me, they go, I don't get what he's doing. Because they're looking at me through the eyes of a street preacher. I should be doing something like a street preacher does. Well, that's not what I'm doing. But everything that I do do has the end result of winning the lost. That's my whole focal point. But as I'm building a church and ministering on the street, uh, I am working at leading people to Christ, just like Al. I'm working on leading him to Jesus Christ. If I was a typical street preacher, I might have crossed him off my list years ago and would have, he probably would never have come around me after once or twice around me. But uh, he will be saved. Uh, We've had several people who know Al and uh, have already testified of Al's transformation. His preparedness to receive the Lord is absolutely phenomenal because his heart was as hard as that. Harder than that asphalt, probably harder than this concrete. It was amazing what uh, his heart was because uh, he was full of hatred, full, overflowing with hatred. But he doesn't have that anymore. Even he said that. And uh, he's read my track many, many times. I said, I almost have it memorized. And so I gave him three tracks every week to place in town. And he does that every week. That's 12 tracks a month, a sinner passes out. And a believer hasn't got time to do that. But a sinner can pass out 12 to 15 tracts a month, faithfully, month after month, year after year, for over three years. What's your excuse as a believer in Jesus Christ? I hope that just really hits you upside the head. All right. All right, so let's go to Acts 19, 1 through 7. And I'll just, well, I'll read it and we'll talk as we go along. Let's pray real quick again. So Lord, I think that we can uh, jump in the Word of God and we can read it and we can be led by the Spirit of Truth and we can be taught the truth by the Holy Ghost and that we can be a minister. We've already had several people looking over and listening to us as we are preaching the first part here. And uh, we know that a lot of people have mocked us already. We haven't even really got started today, but uh, they know what we're doing. We demonstrate uh, Jesus Christ as a witness, as an ambassador for you, Lord Jesus. And we love you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> I got a new microphone. Uh, I'm using the one I bought several months ago, thinking the old one was breaking. But fi- I think finally it broke. So I'm hoping this is working. I did not test it before I brought it out. I was, should have done that, but I didn't test it. And it's very, very windy, too windy for the banner. Uh, verse 19, and I'll talk as I go along. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Apollos, so we know a lot about Apollos by the previous chapter that started in 24, and a certain Jew named Apollos born in Alexandria. So you kind of want to know who Apollos is because uh, he works with Paul throughout. So he's a very important man, very powerful in the body of Christ. So anyways, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Corinth right? Corinth, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Corinth. Uh, Paul having passed through the upper coast to Ephesus, the upper coast to Ephesus, okay? So, oh man, here comes the wind again. Trying to hide behind this tree here. That's why it's a little different angle here. Trying to block the wind from hitting the camera. Uh, so he we went through the upper coast to Ephesus, okay? And here's what Paul said: and finding certain disciples. Certain disciples. So we know that when it says disciples, they're believers in Jesus Christ. They believe the Lord Jesus. That Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Christ of God, the Christ of the Father. And that by believing on Jesus, you are born again, you are saved. And that's what the Old Testament teaches, that the Messiah is coming, and there's a lot of preachers, ministers teaching that. Because by this time, there were a lot of priests in the temples who were born again, and they were preaching Jesus Christ as Savior, as the Lamb of God, as the Messiah. And many people were being added to the church and so, here is a group of people, disciples, that believed on Jesus. You gotta, I want you to really understand that. These were not people who did not believe. These were not sinners. These were not um, people who rejected Christ. These were people who received Christ, right? Their names are in the book of life. If they were to die before Paul met them, they would be in heaven, all right? So you have to kind of get that framework first, because the next part won't make much sense to you once I keep going here. So I hope you have that understanding. And and to get that kind of understanding, you have to read slower, slower, not read it so fast. Just read it one or two words at a time with the Holy Spirit. And as you read along one or two or three words at a time, it's easier for the Holy Spirit to get you to stop And ponder and meditate on the previous few words that you just read so in other words you want to savor the meal of the bread of life you just don't want to wolf it down and keep on trucking you know that provides indigestion and you could throw up it doesn't settle you can't digest it properly if you just shove it down your throat and hoping that your body will do its thing it won't it'll not be able to digest it and you'll poop it out (laughs) without the body obtaining the nutrients in the meal you just had. So that's why you want to be slower in eating the Word of God. That's what John, the Apostle John, was told by by the Lord Jesus and by the angel that he was to eat the Word of God and that it would be sweet as honey in your lips on your tongue but when it got to your belly it would be bitter don't understand that part that's prophetic but we don't need to go there so the point i wanted to make is he actually ate the word of god and it now i don't know how maybe he didn't eat it i don't know any of that stuff but he ate the word of god okay that's the bread of life okay so you got that so finding certain disciples okay certain disciples got that verse two Paul said unto them, he said unto them, Have ye, these certain disciples, have ye, all of you guys, received? If I stop right there, you would say, Yeah, they received Jesus. All right, they received Jesus. You know, that's why I tell people, receive Jesus Christ. you got to receive Christ before you die. Because if you die, your last day is done, uh, you're going to hell where the fire is never quenched. Then after a while, that's like a holding place and then the judgment will come and you'll find your name is blotted out, you have no place in heaven, and you are naked, blind, poor, destitute, and you are cast out into the lake of fire where hell is going. See, so everybody goes to hell is guaranteed they will go to the lake of fire and brimstone that the fire is never quenched for eternal damnation. That's why you want to be a street preacher. Well, street preacher, but you want to be a minister Of reconciliation you want to be able to spread the Word of God all the time everywhere you go seven days a week and use every means possible that's why Jesus says "And this gospel shall be preached in all the world and then the end comes or something like that so publishing the gospel could be on social media it could be on on electronic format videos emails book format uh, tracks it could be all kinds of things and it could also mean, uh, publishing also means to proclaim. So that could mean coming out to the street and preaching aloud. They, that's what Jesus says, going to all the and preach the gospel. You know? And uh, so if anybody was standing there, they can hear me preach the gospel. But I'm on a street corner. I'm not in, in, in areas where there's a lot of movement. This is where the Lord put me to do the work that I'm doing. And you know, if the Lord wanted me to go to the ball game like saturday night he would send me up there but i ask all the time do you want me to go there no i want you to do what you're doing all right so you see you have to follow what the spirit of god is telling you to do just because everyone else might be up at the ball game here see you i think there was a ball game last night uh or something up there something going on up there i make mean, a lot of noise uh they would all be up there but that's not what he tells me to do i do something else so we all do something different. Even though I might have the title of street preacher, I'm working on the street as God's minister, not man's minister. Hope you got that. Okay. Boy, that sun is kind of warm. It's supposed to be cool. That's the storm is coming this way. The one was on the east coast is headed this way now. <clears throat> all right. So uh, certain disciples, he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed?" Hang on a second. I'm gonna make sure my camera's still running. Hang on. I think it's still cutting out occasionally, but I don't know that, so I gotta keep checking occasionally until I have more confidence that the camera's not gonna shut off on me, okay? <clears throat> have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? So now we know those disciples were believers, they believed. Paul knew that they were believers of Jesus Christ, right? They were believers, we know that. But here's Paul saying, have you received the Holy Ghost? Now to most, many, not most, but many, some, one, that doesn't make any sense. They don't know how to interpret this verse. They don't know how to read this verse. So therefore, they don't preach it. They don't read it. They just go right over it, read it really fast. They don't dwell on this portion of Scripture. Because as far as they're concerned, once you become a believer, you fill with the Holy Ghost. So then why does Paul teach something different? That's why there's a lot of churches, certain certain type of churches, that they don't even agree with none of the epistle, Pauline epistles. They say, oh, you're preaching Paul. We don't believe that. They believe other things, the Gospels, uh, they believe the Gospels, and anything that Paul didn't write, because Paul wrote a lot about the Holy Ghost. In fact, there are 89 verses in the New Testament, none in the Old, because the Holy Ghost hadn't come yet, the Comforter, the promise of the Father. But there are 89 different verses scattered throughout the New Testament talking on the Holy Ghost. Yeah, 89. 89. Listen in the King James. I don't know. In fact, if you go to the NIV concordance and look up Holy Ghost, you'll find it's zero. Zero. Yeah. So you say, well, I don't know what John's preaching, because uh, there is no Holy Ghost in the NIV in the or in the even in the English Standard Version, ESV. You go to their concordance, you type in Holy Ghost, and you'll find, oh, there's not there's no Holy Ghost there either. So we're not gonna teach that. But if you go into the Geneva Bible, and the uh, Bishop's Bible, and the Coverdale Bible, and the Matthew's Bible, and you go all the way back to Erasmus, you'll find that there was the Holy Ghost spoken of all the way back to Antioch. Yeah. How about that? That should bring up somebody's thought going, why is that? Why all the Bibles prior to the King James, all the way back to the Antioch, talk on the Holy Ghost, but everything after the King James that was published, it's all taken out. Something to think about. All right, so it says there are certain disciples. He said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So how long have they been a believer? You know, I was a believer for, see, uh, 74, 5, 6, 7, 8. Coming in the neighborhood of four years before I received the Holy Ghost. I was born again. If I died, I'd go to heaven. No question about that. I was even called to preach. Started preaching two weeks after I was born again. How long have you been saved? Have you been preaching since you were born again? See, a lot of people don't. They haven't got a clue. I've been born 10 years and I haven't preached a word. In fact, I've never witnessed anybody, maybe except for the first day or two, okay? So I started preaching two weeks after I was born again, uh, and but I didn't receive the Holy Ghost. I didn't know there was a Holy Ghost. All I knew of the Holy Ghost, and I knew there was a, a title of the Holy Ghost, because the Catholic Church in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's all I knew. When you would do the crucifixion over you, because how many times have I been done? You know, thousands. <laughs> you know because I stayed in the Catholic Church until I was 25. I didn't know it was a corrupt church. I didn't know that. I just thought they were full of hypocrites. I didn't know. How would I know? Nobody taught against the Catholic Church. No one taught the Revelation or the, no one uncovered what was going on. I didn't read about it. I just thought they were a bunch of hypocrites. Say one thing and do another. That's all I knew of the Catholic Church. I thought they were Christian. Come to find out, they're not. They're not. It's like the Mormons, they're not Christian. You know, the Jehovah's Witnesses, not Christian. A lot of you know organizations who call themselves Christians are not Christians. They're following Christ, but they're following the anti-Christ. Right? Oh well. So I didn't know that either until 1978. October of 1978, when I got the baptism when I was filled, when I was baptized with the Holy Ghost. In 1978 and that changed my ministry it changed my ministry it changed my walk it changed my relationship with God it changed the power it changed everything. my whole life completely changed uh, after I was born again because I was kinda like a milk toast you know cotton candy you know sort of type believer and preacher you know and desiring to do more I knew there was more there I knew there was more and I've already, by that time, had read the Bible a couple times, you know, been preaching, you know, so I was well aware of the Word of God, and I didn't preach out of this, I preached out of the Berkeley version, that was my little New Testament, never preached out of the old for four years, I just preached out of the, my Berkeley version that I got in boot camp. I didn't get a Bible until 1978, after I was filled with the Holy Ghost. After I was filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost got me a Bible, Before I mean a whole Bible, Old and New Testament. I never read the Old Testament. I just preached out of the New Testament. I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't trained. That's what I'm doing now in our church. I'm not just winning souls. I'm training ministers to win souls. I'm getting all these believers out here to come around me so I can train them to do the ministry. I want multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of believers preaching and ministering the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to be the only one. I don't want to lead a, a couple thousand people to the Lord and die. That's not what I want to do. I'm going to lead two or three thousand, four thousand, ten thousand people who will go out and preach the gospel. That means if I have thousands of believers who have turned ministers of reconciliation, then there could be millions upon millions of t- people touched from this ministry over the next hundred years, Let's should the Lord tarry. Okay? So I'm training ministry cuz I'm leaving here. I'm leaving. I'm I'm going to be gone. Don't know when, but I'll be gone. I'm like I said, I got the 3 score and 10 year bar. Yeah. So I'm tra- that's why I talked about the first part of the video. I'm not just preaching salvation. I'm preaching I'm preaching to get others to go preach the gospel. See, that's the difference in this ministry. That's why I'm pastoring pastoring to bring people into this or you know this not organization but this fellowship or whatever you want to call it ministry so they can be trained to go out and do the work of the ministry and that's the whole idea about our true study book and our classes that we're doing I'm not just I'm not doing that to teach the Bible that's not a Bible study there's a lot of people doing Bible studies you want a Bible study you find somebody else that's not a Bible study in the morning so you know I preach exhortation. I exhort you, comfort you, edify you. Yeah, but I'm not preaching and teaching the Word of God. I'm showing and helping you to become a minister. How do you become a minister? That's what I'm trying to teach. And that's what this Monday through Friday, 7 to 8 a.m., Boulder Time, Mountain Time, uh, and we're going to be starting our uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, our sixth week, class number uh, 26. Come tomorrow, tomorrow morning. I'll be up early, 5.30. Be on, I'll be on, in front of the camera by 7 a.m. And I'll minister from 7 to 8 a.m. And we'll go a recording. So I encourage you to be a part of that class and encourage you to uh, check out that True Study book. I've already finished book two. Uh, we've got eight books that we're coming out over the next 24 months. So we've got one established or published. We got number two published. And now I'm working on number three. And we've got three and four. So book four books will be for the first year all right then five six seven eight will be year number two all right that's that's enough of that kind of my commercial there i slipped in i didn't realize i was going to do that have you received the holy ghost since you believed question mark question mark question mark question mark question mark i did not receive the holy ghost since i believed until i got baptized with the holy ghost And how did I get baptized? Nobody laid hands. Well, I hate to say that, but uh, how it happened for me, let me say this. I was in Anchorage, Alaska. I'd hitchhiked the Alcan Highway, seven days on the Alcan Highway. I've hitchhiked about 30,000 miles with this thumb. Been coast to coast many times, north and south, east and west, and actually hitchhiked from Dawson Creek, actually from Bonners Ferry, Idaho, uh, all the way to Fairbanks, Alaska with my thumb. And all the way back down and all the way back to Bonner's Ferry, where Steve Conover lived. My best friend I grew up with, Steve Conover, out in Washoe Valley. Anyways, uh, so I'm in Anchorage all this time. I'm asking for the last four years, I've been saying, Lord, I need more, I want more, I want more. And uh, when I left Toke Junction, T O K, Toke Junction, And i got back on the gravel highway the alcan highway alaska canadian highway alcan highway uh, and put my thumb out i said lord i i i am so done with the way i've been preaching and ministry i hate it i want i want more lord and i just from that moment forward when i left toke junction that morning uh that was in october first part of october i spent a month in alaska uh I made some sort of vow or commitment to the Lord Says to the point of something like this, that I'm not leaving Alaska until I've got more. Now, I didn't know what more meant. I just needed something. I didn't know what I needed. I just knew I needed something more from God. I had the Bible. I had Jesus as my Savior, and I was preaching, passing out tracts and doing what I'm doing. didn't have this Bible, my Berkeley version. But I didn't know what more meant. I just knew I wanted more. It was a desire, a craving within my spirit. When I stepped out of that lodge at Toke Junction, I said, that's it, I want God. And I'm gonna fast everything, my life, everything I'm doing, I'm gonna fast. And I'm not gonna stop fasting until I have more. I tell you, it was a serious commitment. And it didn't, that commitment stayed strong. For the next three weeks, because I just got into Alaska, the next three, about yeah, three weeks. By the time I got all the way to Fairbanks and came back down through uh, uh, the Mount McKinley and down into Anchorage, and then I was leaving Anchorage, walk coming out of town, hitchhiking out of Anchorage. Uh, I was in the city limits, praying to God. I said, "Lord, I'd love to go to a Bible study." All of a sudden, God put it in my heart to start praying for a Bible study, and uh, it must have been a Wednesday or whatever day it was is during the week it wasn't a weekend and I started praying to receive uh, to go to a Bible study Lord I love to go to a Bible study I just want a fellowship with other Christians I've been on the road for a year living out of my backpack and uh, that's a whole story there and uh, so I'm hitchhiking you know standing with my thumb out and smiling and waving to the people like I normally do uh, waiting for my ride to pick me up <laughs> and uh, uh, Been praying that all morning long. Really want to go to a Bible study, Lord. I really want to go to a Bible study. And this yellow van, the service master van, yellow van, service master on the side of it. And he picked me up and we were rolling along for a few minutes. And I said, uh, can I tell you my story? Because I'm a preacher. (laughs) I tell everybody my testimony. That's how I preached my first four years. I didn't know anything else. I just tell everybody my testimony. And I just started, that's how I start. That's why I tell people, you start with your testimony, Revelation twelve eleven. That's where I started for uh, from uh, for four years, three and a half, four years, whatever it was, until I got the Holy Ghost. Then I went into the rest. I started preaching something else, more of the Word of God, because I got the whole Bible a month or two later, November I think I got it. Yeah, because that was October, November. I moved to Portland after I finished the Alcan Highway, Alaska hot trip. Anyways, uh. I, I was telling him my story, and I said, "I and I just finished praying." So I told my whole story, how I got there. And we were driving along; the Anchors is pretty big, actually. And I was kind of downtown, area by the Cook Hotels, downtown. And uh, uh, and, he, and I told him about wanting to go to a Bible study. He says, "Well, I tell you what; tonight we're having a Bible study. Would you like to come?" I was shocked. I said, "Yes, I would love to come." And so. He turned around and we went through the neighborhood or whatever and uh we got over there was, i don't know the afternoon late afternoon and uh we you know gave me something to drink and a sandwich or something i don't know we were in the kitchen people started showing up and um, uh people started showing up and uh I, we were in the kitchen There's probably four or five or six of us in the kitchen guys and that, then i went around, out through the kitchen there turned right and went into the living room it's, not a large living room, but it was a good size. It had a couch and another couch and some bookshelves over here, a bunch of chairs and stuff. And the place was packed. It must have been 30 people, it seemed like to me, but it was full. And when I went into the living room, because I heard a bunch of noise going on, though thought, well, maybe they're getting started, and I don't like to be late to anything. I'm never, you know. So I went in there and I saw everybody. Remember, I'm Catholic at that time. I'm still Catholic. I wasn't, you know, until I got the Holy Ghost, I you know because I was 24 when I got the Holy Ghost. I was you know 24. 25 would be the next month so I was 24 in 11 months. anyways uh, so I went around the door ran around the corner there in the living room and there were people with their hands in the air some people were on the face on the floor some people were laying down some people were crying some people are laughing some people are oh man there was all kinds of commotion as far as I'm concerned. To me, I look like Acts chapter two. They look to me like they're all drunk. I thought, because I came out of Satanist church, I thought they all had a devil. I thought devils had occupied that living room. And I went in back in the kitchen and says, I need to leave. Uh, the devils are rampant in that room. I don't want to be, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't know what this is, you know, and I want to leave. And they all started laughing, the guys in the kitchen where I was at. They kind of laughed. They said, that's not a devil, that's the Holy Ghost. I said, the Holy What? i never heard of them. I mean, you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. That's all I knew. Holy Ghost. And they did a little teaching for about five minutes on the Spirit of God. I like, well, okay. I didn't know really what they were saying. didn't make any sense to me. But it was time to get the Bible study started. So I went in there, and when I went in the second time to the living room, everybody was normal to me everybody was sitting in and they were chit-chatting talking you know getting ready they're fellowshipping but they're all seemed normal earlier 15 minutes earlier they weren't normal they looked like they were possessed <laughs> to me and now they're all normal and so i sat down and we had our bible study don't know what we taught on haven't got a clue but it was kind of late that night probably nine ten o'clock and uh they said uh they said, uh, uh, "Do you want to stay the night?" I said, "Yeah, sure." So went downstairs. He had a couple bunk beds down downstairs, and so I stayed in one of the bunks. I was the only one downstairs. It looked like It looked like he had two bunk beds. I remember, right? It looked like maybe he had it for people like me, you know, because uh, it was a house of ministry. It was really amazing. It was his house, and um, so I stayed there. Uh, that night, woke up in the morning, had breakfast. And uh, he took me out to the edge of uh, Anchorage, got there about 11 o'clock in the morning. And uh, it was a beautiful day in October in Anchorage, blue sky, it was warm, I was excited. I uh, got to my Bible study and I was hitchhiking. And then the Lord says, uh, I want you to go have lunch, it's 11 o'clock, I said, oh, Lord, it's, it's long 11 o'clock and it's a beautiful day, I want to get to ride, get out of town. He says, I want you to have lunch, second time. No, Lord, I, I can't, I'm not hungry. I don't want to have lunch now. I'm hitchhiking. It's a beautiful day, Lord. I want to keep going. I want to make sure I get a ride and get out of town. Get over to the, you know, wherever I need to go. I want to get over to, I was heading for the Whitehorse Yukon. And the third time I said, okay, Lord, I'll go have lunch. So I got my stuff, I put my backpack on, went down the little grassy knoll by the highway there. And I put my backpack down because I've been living out of the backpack for a year now uh, since last uh march april march last march so it's march march april may june july august september october so that's the eighth month of living in my backpack and i still had a couple another month or so before moving out of my backpack and uh and my tent and all that kind of stuff i was traveling i was you know that's no story and uh so i put my backpack down and said get your bible out you know the bible i talked about my berkeley version my little new testament berkeley that i got in boot camp that they were trained us to go to Vietnam. Everybody went to Nam after boot camp. And uh, so I got my little Berkeley version. And uh, I got it out. And he said, "Turn to this verse, I turned to that verse, don't know what it was. Turn to this verse, I turned to that verse. And he t- gave me a third verse, he turned to that verse. And I read that verse, he said, now close your Bible and pray. That's exactly what he said. He, turned, he took me to three different Bible verses, he said, now close, your, close the Bible and pray. And so I closed my Bible, I had still had it in my hand, and, I, and then I began Rasha Karama, and all of a sudden this language just came out of me. It was the most spectacular thing in my entire life. I mean, it just like rivers of living water was flowing out of my mouth, out of my belly. It was like the most, I got the chance to tell God how much I loved Him. It was the most beautiful experience. Just as it, it was different than my salvation, but it was just as equal as beautiful. My salvation was in the bright light. This was in the glory of God. And I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I was baptized with the Holy Ghost, and I had a new language. And not just one or two words, but God provided to me by His grace a full, complete language. It was amazing. Amazing. Absolutely breathtaking and I did that for probably a little while 15 minutes 20 minutes whatever it was a little while just couldn't stop and that's the first time I ever lifted my hands first time I remember lifting my hands first time I ever done that Catholics don't lift their hands <laughs> I'm still Catholic right not anymore not anymore not anymore I gotta get that say that because people think I'm still Catholic you know people hear this and that but they can't put it all together because they listen partially anyways sick of that too. just keep on trucking and so the Lord said uh, the Lord said uh, uh, it's time to go uh, time to go I said oh okay didn't have lunch time to go I guess my lunch was being baptized with Holy Ghost time to go so I put all my gear together I didn't spread it out cuz I just sat down and I went up back up on the highway up that little knoll uh, went the highway stuck my thumb out and immediately I mean within ten seconds you could see the pickup right over there come around and stop right there as if they knew they were supposed to pick me up. They didn't go by me in the back up or stop. I mean they went right up here and there was the door right there. And there was the back of the pickup. And so I I I I said I'm I, I where they rolled the window down or the windows rolled down or open the door i can't remember i just and i uh, they said the first thing they said to me is i'm just going down the road a little bit so that's fine i just want to get out of anchorage and so i put my backpack in the back of the pickup i got in the front seat the front seat there's only one seat in the pickup and what i noticed as the truck stopped and as i got into the truck it was sparkling shiny. i mean it was the cleanest thing i've been in in over a month it was absolutely spotlessly clean that really got my attention because pickups in Alaska are full of mud <laughs> they're just dirt balls you know Everything's dirty in Alaska but not this truck not this truck I got in and the lady there was a lady behind the wheel driving and uh, she was looked to me to be about mid 50s early to mid 50s and she was nicely dressed too she just had normal uh, work type, work type clothes on but she was fully clothed she you know she didn't have a dress on it she was just dressed like you know like a person would be dressed but it was a female and it was a 50-ish year old lady and uh, I turned to her and I said do you mind if I tell you uh, what just happened or tell you?" My, you know cause I always remember I t- I'm always telling my testimony everywhere I go I tell my story bits and pieces of it and so I said do you mind if I tell you uh, what just happened to me or something like that I said and then she turned to me cuz we we're, we're driving by this time we're rolling along and we're just going up the road she said I'm just going up the road a few minutes she, and she said to me that's why I stopped that's why I stopped that kind of caught me off guard that's why I stopped (laughs) you mind if I tell you why what just happened to me that's why I stopped whoa this is bizarre anyway so I told her my story what just happened and then for the next 45 minutes she expounded on the Word of God and taught me all about the Holy Ghost and she said Holy Ghost I mean, she just poured knowledge into me that I've never heard before. It was all brand new. I don't know where it went. It didn't go into my brain. It must have went into my spirit. But it was, I didn't say a word. I was just spellbound at the knowledge that was pouring out of this lady in this pickup she's driving down the road. And she taught me. She's just going a couple minutes. She said, just, I'm just going down the road a little bit. That's what I think it was. She said, I'm going down the road just a little bit. And she talked for 45 minutes. She knew where I was going. And um and then I, I thanked her, she didn't pray with me. I didn't remember that, maybe she did, I don't know that at all. But that's all I remember, she t- teaching me all about the Holy Ghost. And uh, I said, this is, my, um, this is my exit. She said, yes, I know. That got my, yes, I know. Uh, she was already slowing down, so this is my highway. I was gonna go down to the southern tip of, uh, to the. there's a glacier to the right of the highway. Uh, uh, several miles, and I wanted to go down that highway and just check out this glacier. Forget the name of it, it's a state park, a national park or state park, whatever. Uh, It's a big glacier that dumps into the, it's a big famous picture, you know, where the big chunks of glacier falls off into the bay. That's where I was going, and and went down there. And uh, she said, yes, I know. And so she was already slowing down, because I, and uh, I got out of the pickup truck Shut the door and I got in the back, got my backpack, and my back was to the. It's kind of like this here. My back was to the pickup, and I've got my pack's like about 60 or 70 pounds because I've been, you know, really heavy. And so I have to put it up on my knee to put it over into my shoulder because it's really heavy. And uh, it's really, you know, huge backpack, stacked up. I mean, I'm living out of it, traveling out of it. And so I. How I normally do over all these months of traveling is uh, I would put my backpack on, get a shoulder, and I would wave goodbye to the person. Always wave goodbye. So I'm getting ready to wave goodbye. I put it on my shoulder. I turn around to wave goodbye. No truck anywhere. No truck anywhere. I look down. and you, On Alaska, the highways are like a straight arrow. You can see as far as you can see, all the way to the horizon, seems like at least where I was. His Alaska is kind of flat, except for in the middle there. And uh, no truck anywhere. In fact, no vehicles anywhere. And I go, wow, that was weird. What was all that about? And I think that's what I said. Wow, that was weird. What was all that about? And the very first thought that popped in my head, we entertain angels unaware. And I thought, was that an angel? I don't know <laughs> that's how I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I've been praying in tongues since I was 24 years old I'm 70 now and I've had every person tell me whatever they want to tell me but let me tell you the difference between my ministry since 19 October of 1974 and I got saved in uh, that was 74 uh, probably uh, six I know six months May April Uh, I I I don't have the exact time when I was born again I say 1974 but it was in the first part of 74 like April March April May is what I'm guessing of 74 and I still had another year am I off track here Uh, see I got out of the Navy Um, getting my dates all mixed up here I apologize Oh no, wait a minute, that wasn't 74, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Now this is an excuse of why people say, oh see John, John's a false teacher, he is a liar. That's what they tell me because I get my dates mixed up and I get things scrambled in my brain and people tell me, oh he's a false preacher, he's a liar. That's what I've had dozens over the years because I I have a mental problem, mental deficiency. It doesn't seem that way but I have a when I in third grade I had I almost died from Scarlatina fever and it warped part of my brain cells part of my development of my brain warped my jaw uh, my teeth warped my uh, kidneys uh, things like that my heart so a lot of malfunction because in third grade you're still growing up and that high heat uh, deformed I have several deformed teeth and uh, it affected my brain and I was put in the retard class yeah because i was so stupid and i've been that way ever since so it's a miracle that i'm even talking to you right now so i get all my dates mixed up let me think about this so uh that must have been uh let me think i moved to i was 24 i know that because of 25 that was 19 so that must have been october of 77 yeah october of 77 or was it 78 uh November of 78, I turned 25 and I moved to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho from Anchorage. I got down, that's where I moved to, where Steve Conover, just south of Bonner's Ferry. So it must have been October of 78. Yeah, because I've been preaching since 74. <laughs> Sorry. And I apologize for my goofiness on the days. Anyways, that's my testimony of being baptized with the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to go any further I'm going to end that right there and uh, let me just re- reiterate this first verse here and uh, it says and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples like Preacher John wasn't called Preacher John then I was just John wasn't even called John at that time I was going by that satanic name my mother gave me that was my nickname it wasn't John God gave me a new name John back in when I was 29 years old uh, finding certain disciples he said unto them have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed and they said unto him we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost let's pray so Holy Spirit we thank you that you are who you say you are that you're the third record of the Godhead the Father the Word and the Holy Ghost so we know that you are God you are of the Godhead, one God, Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost. That's a title, Spirit of Truth, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, the Spirit, a lot of things we call you. But you provide the power that we can overcome the devil, power to preach, power to witness, Power to lay hands on people so they'd be healed. Power to lay hands on people so they'd receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Power to cast out devils, power, not our power, but your power. And signs follow your power, pointing back to God, giving glory to the Father. Father, even this message, I pray, gives you glory that I point everyone back to you, Father, Because I want to glorify you, Father, in this ministry, on the street, and in these sermons. I want to glorify you. And I apologize, Lord, for misspeaking my years and my dates. I don't mean to do that. And I just uh, thank you, Lord. And though I just give grace to everybody, please give grace to people. Instead of a condemnation, give them grace. We just love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So that's going to be it. Today's Sunday. Tomorrow's Monday. I'm going to be at Table Mesa in Foothills. And uh, it's a real busy location over by RTD parking Ride. That's on Monday, October 2nd. So uh, God bless you, man. Love you very much. Take care. Bye.